Hey, Dad. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Dad. (laughs) Thanks. I'm really glad to be here. Boy, I bumbled that one. I've only said it 200 and something times. But uh, I think we're at like 200 episodes. Is that possible? Uh, It's possible. You know, every time we do one of these, I just think of the proverb where it says, where where words are many, sin is not absent. And I go, man, that's 200 chances if so to really... Especially because we don't edit anything. Yeah. I I don't know that they could tell that by the start of this. You think they could figure that one out on their own? Yeah, we don't edit out of the Aussie. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that, I mean, the reason I do this podcast, I figured out a couple years ago, somebody said, hey, you need to, you should do a podcast. And I was like, I don't want, I really don't want to add anything to my plate. I just, I had a lot going on already. And they're like, well, you got to do a podcast. podcast." And I was like, I'm going to do a podcast when I can figure out something sustainable. And I figured out something sustainable. I was like, one day I was talking to you, I was like, yeah, the only thing I really enjoy that I never get bored of is talking to my dad. And I realized, you know, that's nice. But you aren't even the driving force behind this. My daughter's the driving force behind this. At least I said, you know, one of these days, I mean, as much as I hope you live to a hundred, one of these days, you're not going to be around. And I want her to get the wisdom that I got from you. You're the wisest man I know. And so I started doing the podcast for that. And I have been realizing recently, like so much of what I do is for Elise. I think when you have a child, if you've got your values in right order, um, you know, if yeah, I, I think it should be for your children. I think there's something that we're, that I've seen and I'm getting more and more vehement yeah, uh, and rabid about this because I'm seeing the effects of it in so many of my friends who they had kids further along down the road I mean, for, earlier than me. Right. Um, I'm 45. I've got an eight-year-old. My best friend from high school, he's got two kids in, co- I think two kids in college now. Yeah, I think so. And so, you know, he jumped on the re- reproducing early. <laughs> uh, so I've been watching, right? But I, and, and, and he's not having so much problems. He's an outstanding father. But I've seen so many of my other friends and their kids, they're seeing the results of what has happened in the public government. Let's call it the government education system and they're going what happened here i raised my kid to fear the lord but they're coming back at me with really ungodly ideas i mean the transgenderism thing um and i mean it's actually some of them are like demonic ideas like anti-science ideas and but but they anyways bottom line is i am getting more and more concerned that i don't think there's a lot of hope for government schools and i am so grateful for christians that have stuck it out and stayed in teaching and administration of government schools But it's a government great mission field. Yeah, government schools are always going to teach what is the zeitgeist, the the spirit of the age of that culture, and our culture is just getting more and more and more away from right. a Judeo-Christian ethic and more into a. It's really kind of a return to paganism, if you're honest about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. It's sacrificing your children for the sake of pleasure, and you know, the gods will bless me if I sacrifice my children, which is this Molech, which was what Molech, the, the Hebrew god, was about. And I'm going to sound like a raving lunatic to some of you, but <laughs> let me tell you this. I have seen over and over again that um, so many of my friends, they're going, what happened? I'm like, look, yeah. if you send your kid to Caesar, as Vody Bauckham says, if you send your kid to Caesar, don't be surprised when they come back a Roman. Yeah. Uh, they're going to learn the spirit of the culture. That's what this, and I don't uh, hold it against the government for teaching that. It's what we've, that's no. the spirit has, we voted those people in, those people vote our, our values vote those people in, and then they project our values back at us by putting it into schools. It's government schools. I think the answer to this, and I'm becoming more and more, again, vehement about this, is Christian education. And when I say Christian education, I don't mean a school, School that has a Bible class. No, I mean an education that is literally infused with 
biblical principles throughout. And we grew up in that. We spent some time in a public school, but I would say 90% of our education was either homeschool or Christian education. And I just, the older I get, the more I see the value of that, the Bible knowledge I got, the Bible memorization I got. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's a verse in Isaiah. It's it's just, it. I don't know why it makes me tear up whenever I think about it, but it says the grass will fade and the flowers will wither, but the words of the Lord will live on forever. And I just feel like when I stand before God, he's not going to go, hey, your, your kid didn't learn enough about science. Yeah. yeah. He's going he's gonna to go, what did you teach your kid about my, my words? And I just, I value Christian education for that. And I know you do as well because yeah. you're a principal of a school. So give me your take on it. And maybe, maybe I'm a product of my dad in this that I'm just, but as I get older, I see the more value of it. Yeah. Well, as you know, you're talking to a zealot here on that. I'm, I'm a zealot on that as well. Um, and, and my first full-time ministry was in Christian education. And that's when I really became convinced of it because I then understood what it was. See, so many people think, oh, oh, well, um, Christian education. Oh, they have a Bible class. Oh, and they maybe have a chapel once a week. Right. Yeah, that's not a Christian education. That's not a Christian school if that's all you have. That's one of the aspects of it probably. But you could even not have a Bible class and not have a chapel and still have Christian education because Christian education has to do with the perspective with which you view all subjects. Mm. Why do you teach science? We don't teach science. We, te- we teach science because it is discovering more about the creator by looking at his artwork. You look at an artist's work on the wall and you can tell something about that artist. And that's why you study science. We learn about the creator by looking at his creation. Why do you study math? Because math helps us understand the order and the structure that God has built into the universe. Why do we study English? Do you know that the early... Or languages in general. Yeah, right? languages in yeah. general. The early founders of America, the the pilgrims, the, they they taught reading to boys and girls for the main reason that they could read the Bible. So it was important that girls learn to read as well as boys and because you, you read the Bible and you teach the language arts so that you can communicate because Which is power. communication is the gospel. Yeah, and communication. How do you communicate the gospel? Yeah. That's power. I mean, when the word mm-hmm. becomes flesh, when it actually comes from a thought into life, yeah. that's power. When you can communicate, you have power that comes with that. Right? And history is so important because it's his story. It, mm-hmm. is, it is for us to learn how God deals with man when he obeys, when he disobeys, when you take this route, what's going to yeah. be the consequences? If you take this route, what are the consequences? And so it's all a Christian education. You take, it's all from a biblical, through biblical eyes. Now, I know a lot of people my age, even when I went to a public school for those few years, it was a different public school than what we see these right, days. Right, yeah. Um, it, the public, I mean, a certain group of people figured out a lot of years ago that if you can take over education, you can change yeah. a generation. It used to be about education. Yeah, like teaching you how to think. Yeah, it's not anymore. I didn't feel like it was even that in my master's degree. It was like, here's how... Here's yeah. how you can p- pick this, philo- pick one of these. It was literally pick one of these ideologies and that's how you can counsel. And I'm like, that's what? <laughs> Does one have a proven track record and another one doesn't? Well, you, you know, you don't judge by outcomes because it's, you know, very subjective. Of yeah, course, yeah. Or whatever. But I mean, that that's that's what's really important to understand. I think a lot of us, maybe my age go, well, I, I was, I turned out fine with a, a secular yeah. education. Like, yeah, but we're not talking about the same values. Again, it's the values. The government reflects the values of the current culture because we voted in those people. But the other thing about that is, I turned out fine. We're not talking about just survival. (laughs) Imagine what if you knew 
20 Bible verses and the principles and how they apply to your life that you don't know now? What if you didn't have to learn a few things about God by stumbling and making mistakes yourself, but you could have learned them because you were influenced by a Christian teacher who said, hey, this is the way to go. Walk this way, not that way. What if you, you know, in other words, you don't measure success by where you are, but I would say measured by where you are compared to where you could be. So really, it's not a matter of, well, I turned out okay. Okay, who's shooting for okay? Yeah. Well, and, and, and then you also say the other thing is, well, I know some kids who went to Christian school and hate God. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's true, but a lot of it has to do with how much were they reinforced at home. Ooh, all right. Bring, you talk about that one. You're, okay. You're, you're in your 60s. You got some, you got some clout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. As an educator, too, they, every research. Now, let me clarify survey. something. You have a master's degree in educa- ed- education. Education. Educational, educational administration. Yeah. So, like, the dude, yeah. my dad knows education. Yeah. So, and I've done it and been in there. And so, the point is, every research, all the studies show that as much as a school influences a child, the home still has a greater influence on them. But the problem is now that there is a diabolical thing in education to remove the parents from it. It used to be include the parents in. We want parent meetings. We want the parents involved. We want to be working as a team on this. But now education, which by the way, teachers unions, they're very honest about that. What kind of a union are we? We're a teacher's union. Right. Who are we here to support? Teachers not kids. No We're false advertising there. No, nope, yeah. they're very upfront about it. And so the idea is to separate the parents out because they're just a bunch of dumb oafs who believe in these old biblical principles and these old proven through thousands of years ways of living your life that prove that lead to success. Yeah, or they don't even have an education like we do. I have yeah. a bachelor's degree. Yeah, you know, my goodness. Flip and to... do. You know, they'll give anybody a bachelor's I learned that. They'll give anybody a bachelor's degree. If you got enough, enough time, time and money... And money. <laughs> Yeah, that's all it takes. Time I got and a, money. I got a master's degree. I'll give anybody a degree. All it's, you need is two more years of time and money, and you can get a master's. Right. And then if you really want to go, two more years, you can have a PhD. But I mean, you're, that's that is truly diabolical. The idea of, of it used to be like a partnership. Like, yeah, I'm going to send my kids to you, and you're going to teach them what I can't necessarily teach them yeah. because you know how to teach them better. That and parents, and I, please support us at home because we need your support. And yeah. a true educator, I have seen that. Like I've watched as they educate my daughter at this Christian school. Like they know, like it's during this window of a child age that their mind is able to kind of comprehend this they think mm-hmm. more concretely here so you can't teach kid yeah like somebody that's truly been trained in the the kind of the pedagogy yeah teaching. pedagogy mm-hmm. yeah but what we have nowadays is kind of a bunch of, bunch of ideologues unfortunately yeah. that get run through another education system that wants to create ideologues now don't get me wrong there are still some really great teachers out there and again if you're a christian and you're in the secular education i thank you for your like in the military i thank you for your service yeah. you literally are a missionary to probably the greatest mission field in america today which is the 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 secular education it's just been it's it been co-opted and you're in a hostile environment we yeah. understand that and good for you yeah it's been i mean it's been co-opted by a bunch of i don't even want are they well meaning at this point I mean, every man's way seems right to him in his own eyes, but it did ultimately lead to your destruction. But I mean, I think there are actually some diabolical forces. Well, there may be, but even if you're diabolical, you think it's the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if because you know, again, you're when you're blind, you're blind. You can't blame a blind man if he walks into a tree. Yeah, it may not be the best for him, but he didn't. You can't blame a blind man for being blind. So I want to talk about some of the excuses I've heard for people, and I'm going to call them excuses. Or, I mean, it was, maybe it's lack of knowledge. We did a podcast, yeah. about lack of knowledge. 
Ignorance. saying, I, I don't think I could get my kid into a Christian school. Um, talk, okay. Let's talk about that because I have, I've discovered if you want to get into a Christian school, we Christians, we're really good at figuring out a way to get you into one. That's yeah. one of the things I love about my people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you, you have want a passion it, for it, you can get it. And, and it's not just because your kids turned into, if your kid has turned into a rebel over here, they're probably not going to take him at a good Christian school. They're going to say, no, we want somebody that's got the philosophy of what we're doing. Because again, it's that parent teacher yeah. combination. And if you're just sending this as the last ditch effort of reform school, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. You, you do need a reform school. And there are Christian ones like that out there too, but, but they're geared for that because here's the other thing I learned in Christian education as a school, you cannot be both reform and discipleship. You want a kid that's, you want your kids in a discipleship school, unless they're in need of reform school. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to go into all the white, but you can't do both. No, that's a great. You're discipling them or you're going to be reforming them. That's a great point. I've gotten on the school board of my daughter's little school and I asked that, I said, do we want to grow? And, And the principal, she was very insightful. She said, we want to grow with the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's, that's a good, like it, because one bad egg really can mess up yeah. a, a small school. And you can disciple those, you can change those, but but reform requires stringent requirements, um, boundaries. Right. And you don't really want to have to put kids under that. And that's why so many kids who were there for discipleship get up, end up getting reformed. And that's why you say, well, they're not serving God. Because they ended up being in a reform situation where, where they needed, all they needed was discipleship. Man, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Or the reverse they needed reform and they went into exactly. a discipleship thing. It's like, well, they were in eight years. In Christ- yeah. But the yeah. rebellion never was out of their heart. It was there at the time. So yeah. again, it's what comes first chicken or egg. Okay. So excuses. One is it's just so expensive. expensive and I yeah. say that literally every month that I write the check and I've only got one kid. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it this way. You know, what would happen if you found your kid had some dangerous disease? Some, I mean, this is something that's going to kill him. What? No, nothing's too expensive. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to give the treatment. So son, <laughs> too bad. Yeah. You're just going to have to die. Every single day they are being infected with not just a virus that it won't kill them physically, but it will kill them spiritually and eternally. It could kill them physically, actually. Well, it could, true. Yeah. yeah. Suicide rates have never been higher. We've well, been telling people that anyway. Yeah. 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 So the point is... You can find the money for things that you really want. I mean, we had people in our school who drove old cars and they said, this is why I'm driving this clunker because I don't want to make a new car payment. I can, I want to pay for my kids to go through school. After they get through school, I can drive whatever car I want. But right now, or they'd take extra jobs or the wife would work. Or the other thing is go to the school. Can I volunteer? Is oh, there man. any way I can get tuition help? Most Christian schools, if you give they a good amount of time, whatever. they'll drop it. And yeah. most Christian schools actually have a tuition cap. Like ours, like... After the third kid, it's like you're kind of peaked out on tuition, and yeah, that's uh, the most you can spend. Right? They will work with. They you. will work Nearly with. Nearly every Christian school will work with you if they're worth their salt, because they're really about we're we're not here for the money. Which unfortunately, a lot of Christian yeah. schools are poorly run financially. But yeah, uh, the one I'm part of has got some brilliant men that are running it. But mm-hmm. uh, generally, they're underfunded. But it's because the mission. It's not the tail wagging the the dog. It's the dog. The mission is the most important right. thing. And even if we're taking a hit every year. This is the most important yeah. thing. And a lot of Christian school teachers, they get, they live on a pittance. Yeah, because that's the other side of it. Don't be complaining about how much tuition is because uh, you could reduce the tuition, but who's going to pay the price of that? It's those teachers. Yeah. We're going to be living on less. We had teachers who got paid a salary and they were technically by the hours put in living on less than minimum wage. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and I think so, that's Christian school teachers in general. I mean, yeah. And, but the, I think it's a really important point, like that it's your, it's your value system. Like yeah. you can find money for what you want. I've often said that if I have to be a greeter at Walmart to keep my kid in Christian education till the time she graduates, I will do whatever it takes. I'm yeah. that dead serious and, and about it. Talk parents and grandparents. I mean, they're, they're, you can find funds for things that are important. If your kid all of a sudden had an opportunity to go to Europe on a, a six week tour, you'd find money for that. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd call it, you'd do whatever you go fund me. Well, and you think about it too, like how many people take out hundreds of thousand dollars for college education to go get educated in this vile, yeah. what, what most colleges are teaching these days. It's like, why not spend that on yeah. getting them a primary and you know, primary secondary education that's literally like Bible instilled yeah. stuff, teaching them stuff you probably don't even know yourself biblically. Yeah. You know, yeah. let me throw something else on that too. When when I was a pastor, when I was principal of the school there, one of the things I had was a lot of parents, they'd put them in for kindergarten, put them in for elementary, maybe junior high, but by high school, we want them to have a good biology class where they can cut a frog up. We want them to play, this was the big one. We want them to play football and play sports. I'm going, I can't believe how stupid that is. Okay, how much is that going to impact their future? Are they going to be a professional NFL player? Are they going to be playing professional ball? Um, probably not. And so therefore you're going to expose them at the most vulnerable time, oh, junior yeah. high and high school. You're going to put them back in that infectious situation. So they can go out and bust their heads around with kids and, and play football. I mean, nothing against football. There's and a lot of good stuff that happens work. through the discipleship and all this. Stuff. Yeah. There's yeah. good stuff that happens in but that. Th- but that's an excuse too, because I know homeschools that, that have, co- they have football teams. Yeah. Exactly. Homeschool co-ops have football teams. Yeah. And so it's like, really, it's a priority. Is football more important than their biblical Christian shaping? And at this critical time in their life, when they're making decisions, they're beginning to find their sexuality. They're beginning to mm. find girls and guys. They're beginning to have relationships that are deeper. They're beginning, they can drive. There's all kinds of things that are happening at this crit, critical time. I mean, middle school is one of the most critical times. It's one of the most brutal times for kids. Oh, man, they yeah. need the support of Christians around them who are going to be kind to one another and look out for one another. And, and you're like, and don't worry if you're worried about them having bullies and stuff, there's still like conflict. There. My daughter has all sorts of conflict in a oh, Christian yeah. school, but you've got the outside not, structure that's yeah. going to help them deal with that yeah. in a biblical way. Yeah. 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 And that's the other thing is they say, Oh, you don't, you don't want, you're, you're like putting them in a greenhouse. It's a hothouse environment where they're not exposed to all the, things of the world. You do that with a young plant. You don't take a young plant and put it out in December and see if it's going to survive through the winter. Yeah. There'll be a time when they when they've got a foundation, when they've got that biblical basis in their life so they can go out and face the world. And part of that's up to you. You need to be wisely exactly. apparent saying, "Hey, you know, there are people that think this over here." Emily told me whenever they would watch something on TV that was you know, not godly, he would pause the TV and he'd say, "That right there is something we don't agree with." We yeah. think, that, and explain why. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so it's not separating them from, well, I've never seen a movie in my life. It's you're like, no. You're not going to keep them from Yeah, and you're not. Stuff, and that's no. when kids go crazy. It's when you're like trying to protect and protect and protect them completely. Yeah. But I mean, so it's Christian education is really, I think it's, a, I don't know, man. I just, I don't see how your kid is going to turn out okay at this point apart from you making the sacrifice for their education. And you're look, no, no, I know your ta- grace. Yeah, I know your, I know your taxes are, I know yeah. your taxes are paying for it, which is why I'm pro school vouchers. Give every every child one. in poverty a chance to pick a great school they want to go to, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but no, we don't. We, I, I would say this. If somebody's just kind of going, oh, no, you know, I think if, go to a Christian school, check it out, visit a class, visit a chapel service and just see. And like I say, there are Christian schools that are Christian. There are Christian schools that are just a private school that maybe has a Bible class. Find a good one. Go to three or four of them and then see if it's not worth the investment to get your kid in an environment of love and acceptance like that. And then ask them, hey, how can how we can make this it? work? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, visit joellemalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.